This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 112. Today we're talking about chatting with kids about differences. I got to hang out with my friend Magda. She wrote the book... Normal, a mother and her beautiful son. And it's about her journey in motherhood with a child who has Treacher Collins syndrome. If you Google Treacher Collins, you might see the book Wonder come up or the movie Wonder. Perhaps you've read or seen them. The little boy in that book also has Treacher Collins. Magda's book shares her journey as a mama navigating the world with a child who looks different than most humans around him and what this means in public, what this means for his self-worth and how she shows up for him in conversation with him, in conversation with others, in educating others. We talk a lot about how you can support your children in showing up for folks who are different than they are, how to talk about these things, how uncomfortable it can be, and what it can look like in real life. The truth is the world treats us all differently based off of how we look, might be the color of our skin or our age or our abilities, our gender. And in this interview, we dive into how you can support your kiddo with these tools. I cry a couple times in this bad boy. This mama is so incredible. Also, as a warning in this episode, I talk about being pregnant. This was recorded in January when I was still pregnant. Um, This is not a pregnancy announcement of a new pregnancy. This is from the babe that the most recent babe that we lost. Before we dive in, I wanted to let y'all know that we are knee deep in the process of creating the seed certification. This certification program is for home daycare centers, child care centers who are excelling in emotional development. 
It is a series of trainings and workshops from myself, from an occupational therapist and speech language pathologist. It is a program created by a teacher for teachers, not to serve as busy work, but instead to really give you tools to build emotional development in your classroom. We talk a lot about regulation, sensory regulation, emotional regulation. There's such a focus on social emotional curriculum. And as a teacher, I found that so much of it was focused on social, social development, but we were lacking the tools for emotional development, how to build self-awareness and self-regulation in kiddos and to teach them how to identify their feelings and communicate about them and build coping strategies to process them. This starts as early as infancy, and we want to support you with the tools to implement it. So the SEED certification waitlist is up and running. You can go to seedschools.org to sign up to stay in the know for more information when it launches. I'm so excited to bring this to y'all. Head to seedschools.org to sign up for the waitlist and gather more information as it comes. All right, friends, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey everyone, welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I get to hang out with my new friend Magda. Uh, She wrote a book called Normal. And this, when I was reading the book at first, I was like, oh, wonder is like what popped into my head. And you definitely hear about wonder throughout the book. But I think that that might be a place that people can connect from and kind of have in the back of their mind as we're navigating this conversation. But Magda, can you share a bit about your story and your book and what brings you here today? Okay, so um, the idea to write the story was brewing for quite a bit. And to be quite honest, I was encouraged by the author of Wonder, Argy Palaccio, to share our story of a real child with Richard Collins and what Richard Collins brings into raising a child that does have this condition. So, and just giving that I unfortunately was sick and I truly believe that just worries and stress brought my sickness. There's not really a scientific explanation for that, but deep down in my heart, I do believe there was a couple of events that happened in our life that trigger that tremendous stress for me. And a couple of few months later, I'm diagnosed with stage four cancer and that happened twice. So I truly believe that those traumatic events brought my cancers. But the reason we wrote the books is to to share a story of our life and because Norma was a goal for me. Um, Since the moment Nathaniel was born, I was given a child that did not fit into the standards of normal. And normal to me meant like everybody else, right? Something Something that we have in common. And 
as a new and expecting, first expecting, and then new mom, obviously I read what to expect when you're expecting in English and in Polish, because I was born in Poland. So I had this guide, what to do with this baby, right? And, and my baby was born without ability to be able to eat and breathe and hear. And those were huge concerns. But that first thing that I saw when Nathaniel was born was his face. And his face did not look normal to me because I haven't seen that face of a Twitter Collins baby before. So I made a goal to raise Nathaniel as a happy, independent, carefree child. Yeah. And I made it happen despite the fact that he he was different. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that you talk about that reality of like when he came out for you, that wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. um, because I think sometimes, especially as parents, it's hard to admit those things that make us feel like, oh, I was supposed to just be like, okay, this is what I have and this is what we're working with and this is great. But in reality, there is for sure that transition for emo emotionally for you and you highlight that emotional journey throughout this whole book of what that really was for you emotionally time after time again, not just the normal part as you highlight, but also just the logistics, the right. financial and uh, just added stress of mm -hmm. the birthday parties and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But when you're thinking back to Nathaniel as a baby, uh, when you said you felt like you had to cover his stroller to keep people from staring what would your dream be in terms of how people would respond to an infant or a child with craniofacial differences or any difference for that matter? Um, nowadays or when Nathaniel was a baby? Uh, when Nathaniel was a baby. Okay. So if we're talking okay. about babies first, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, everything changed. That's why I asked that question because everything changed since Bonder came out. Mm -hmm. Because the world was prepared for facial differences. Do you think the world's prepared and, now? Yes, since Wonder was such right. a huge, especially the, the book, yes, and then the movie. Because before Wonder, the world didn't know what to do with the person that was so, so different, right? I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure if my baby will be even able to live. And that first thing, what everybody else saw was the face that did not fit into the normal standards. So let me quickly explain um, what are the features of Twitter Collins person. Um, so Twitter Collins is a genetic um, condition that affects bone structure in the face. We have tons of different bones in our face. So what makes the face look different is the lack of cheekbones. And because if you touch your, your, under your eyes, you feel those bones and the bones keep the eyes in their position. When you have a lack of those bones or those bones are tiny and undeveloped, it causes the downward slanting eyes, right? So that's the first feature. And another problem for Twitter Collins is very, very small lower jaw and the jaw does not grow with the rest of the, of the body. That's why in Nathaniel's case, we had to have a lot of surgeries to 
extend the jaw to make sure that his tongue fits in his mouth because his tongue was growing. And another thing is like a lack of an external ears and ear opening. So, um, and people with, most people with Twitter Collins require to have a, a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. And so also one main problem for Natalia was um, the breathing issues. There was a solid bone in the back of his nose that made impossible to have a connection between the nose and the rest of his body. That's why he required the trach. Mm -hmm. So when he was a baby, his face looked very different. And also he had a trach, which is um, a tube that is inserted. It's it's in his throat, like that helps him breathe. That basically was his nose for the first 12 and a half years of his life. And he was dependent on the tracheostomy. So in the beginning, when I would walk around, first of all, it was winter. That's why I kind of covered that stroller because I wanted to keep Natanya from the elements when we were walking down the street in New York City. But um, I've noticed that people, when people approached me as a new mom, people would smile and were like, oh, let me see your baby. Congratulations, strangers. And I think that happens to every single mom out there at some point. And then when they would have a glimpse of Nathaniel, I would see that shock on their faces. And then I saw that they would hug me and then they say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna pray for you. And right away, the moment that you would expect someone, oh my gosh, congratulations, people would be saying, well, I will pray for you. Like there was something really wrong with Nathaniel. Right. So I just didn't like the. I, I, I thought it was a pity at some point for, for me, you know, I didn't like pity and I've decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep that stroller covered. Yeah. That was during that first year when also me as a new mom, I was adjusting to this situation that, you know, this is my baby. I love him, but also I kind of, deep down pitied myself too, that it was unfair that I can't just, you know, know, do things that other mom does out there, that I had to go to the hospital many times during the week. And I have to call the doctors if I feel like Nathaniel is not breathing right, or if he has a cold, I had to learn how to basically be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And being a nurse did not come easy to me. I cringe when I see a skinned knee. So I had to learn to, to do all of those things that Nathaniel required for me to do to be able to be best possible mom for him. Yeah. You, I, uh, there's a podcast interview that I did with a mom who at birth found out her child has Down syndrome. And when mm-hmm. this baby came out and she said similarly that, over and over she kept hearing like oh i'm so sorry and she remembered Mm -hmm. the first person that said congratulations and you noted i think it was a speech language pathologist yes shari cohen yes yes that Mm -hmm. said congratulations and oh i just got the chills right now talking about it but how powerful that is to turn and and congratulate you on your child as if you would in any other scenario that you have a new baby and this is fantastic and exciting that you have a new baby. Uh, right. And just how, 
every that it stuck out with her she could remember that person and that it stuck out with you I think for me was like ooh, if I'm the human walking by and I see the mom with the stroller and the baby who has any difference whatsoever but a craniofacial difference for sure that I'm that I'm able to say like congratulations instead of like oh I'm so sorry that's amazing right it's important because you know we are all moms and we all have different children. There's so many differences in this world, right? So as a new mom, it's so important to to have this, you know, to be welcomed mm-hmm. as a new mom and to be congratulated that you gave birth to your baby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for me, Labine, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I was getting so many questions from y'all on how to do this, how to put it into practice. What are the steps that you follow in emotion coaching a kid for emotion processing? So I created a totally free for you guide on how to emotion coach these tiny humans. It also has a bunch of visuals in there that can be helpful for you, like the difference between a coping mechanism and a coping strategy, helpful visuals that a lot of you have said like, oh, you made this as an Instagram post and I wish I could hang it in my house. So we threw it in there for you if you are one of those humans who wants to print that off and use it as a reminder for yourself. But head on over to seedandso.org slash emotions to snag the free emotion coaching guide if you want some more support on this journey. I am here 
for like automation, for anything that I can take off of my to-do list so that I don't have to remember it or keep track of something. I will do subscribe and save if that's an option. I love when things are just delivered to my house. I don't have to think about them. So I'm super jazzed to share our newest podcast sponsor with you, Pandia Health. You get to skip the trip to the pharmacy each month for birth control and get free delivery with bonus free goodies. You never have to run out of birth control again. You get Pandia Health peace of mind. Pandia Health makes sure that nobody runs out of birth control on their watch because it's delivered to your house. You don't have to go anywhere. You get free delivery of your birth control pills from Pandia Health, the only women-founded, women-led, doctor-founded, and led company in birth control delivery. I'm here for all of that, my friends. If you have an active prescription at a pharmacy and insurance to cover the medications, Pandia Health's delivery, automatic refills, reminder to see your PCP each year, services are free. With a capital F, y'all, I'm here for free services. If you need a doctor consultation because you wanna change pills or methods, or you don't have an active prescription, it's just $29 once a year to access Pandia Health's expert, passionate doctors for the next 364 days. You save the trip to the pharmacy each month, you save the trip to the doctor to get your birth control prescription, Pandia Health can deliver to all 50 states. They take almost all private insurance, but not Kaiser. They do take Family Pact. You can enter code Voices of Your Village and get $5 off the doctor consultation if needed. Pandia Health is about care, convenience, and confidentiality. Go to Pandia Health, P A N D I A H E A L T H dot com and sign up now. Pandia Health is the Greek goddess of healing, light, full moon. Pan means every, Dia means day. And y'all, the convenience of this all, please, I'm here for it. PandiaHealth.com, use called Voices of Your Village to get $5 off the doctor consultation if needed. PandiaHealth.com. What sort of conversations are you hoping that normal will foster between parents and kids or teachers and kids? Well, as, as I was telling my children throughout their whole childhood is this world is filled with so many different people. We are all different. Like I have a blonde hair. There is someone that has a dark hair. Um, there is all different children that come from all different backgrounds and we are different. We have different cultures. Like even I would tell my kids, what I did as a kid, and it was normal to me, it's so foreign to you because you didn't grow up, you know, climbing trees like we did, right? Um, so my days were filled with things that I did as a kid that were normal to me. And my kids' days were filled with different things that are normal to them. So, also, I told my children, if you see someone that is having a hard time making friends, please show that compassion to that kid. Because maybe someone is shy. Not everybody's outgoing, right? Yeah. 
So that kind of compassion towards another human being, that's what I try to teach my children to do. Mm-hmm. And we were hoping that a lot of the kids and parents too will find some resemblance in their own journey. Because as I said, we all have a story. We all have a journey as human beings. And just the fact that, you know, Natanya was so different and that after digesting that shock, first shock when he was born, all I saw was that face. But behind that face was another human that wanted to be happy and experience life. And for me, I want to make sure that he experienced life like I did and have great memories from childhood. Not just memories by sitting in the hospital, but you know, running around, going on the playground, going to the beach, all of those things. And I will never forget um, what Dr. McCarthy, one of the first craniofacial surgeons that operated on Nathaniel, I literally had those words printed on the big piece of paper. It's, um, so that was wise advice when I asked, is it okay if I take Nathaniel to the beach? Is, is it okay if he puts his feet in, in the ocean or maybe even to the kiddie pool? He said, well, I can, I can fix a broken bone, but I can't fix a broken psyche, right? So when you have a child, make sure your kids are happy. Talk, be the best possible parents for your child. And you are also an advocate for your child when they are little. Yes, there was times when we would go out in public because I didn't shield Natanya from the world. That first year when we were talking earlier that I would cover the stroller is because I was so vulnerable back then and I was pitying myself so much because that situation didn't sink in inside me yet that I have this responsibility of to raise it. Didn't. Of course, right. <laughs> it took me. So it's important too, as a person, as a as a parent, you know, you can feel sorry for yourself. You have a challenge, you know, a child with some challenges um, that are more severe than just I don't know what you compare it to, but you know, there's always challenges in life. So it's okay to feel sorry for yourself. But keep it in the back of your mind that that child depends on you and you, especially for the first early years of of the childhood, of of life, you are the advocate for your kid. And it's important how you react, how will you tell your children, how they they can portray themselves and go out in the world. That's how the world is going to see them. Yeah. If shielded, then, you know, they they won't be able to to believe of who they are and feel like, you know what? I am out here too. I have a voice too. How did you, how did you support him in processing the like challenges around that? Like you shared about the birthday party, the neighbor who called herself quote unquote, a good Christian, which I think was notable, Mm -hmm. but uh, intentionally Mm -hmm. left Nathaniel out of the play dates and the birthday parties, et cetera, because she felt like that was too hard for kids to process. how did you help Nathaniel process that, the experiences like those? Yeah, so that neighbor was, I would say, probably the only person that made my child cry. Mm. Really. You know why? Because he loved 
her son and he wanted to be friends. And her son told Nathaniel that unfortunately, you know, my mom doesn't want me to play with you. And that's what broke Nathaniel's heart. Of course. And the fact that we lived across the street from each other did not make that situation easier on any of us. Mm -hmm. So I tried to explain to Nathaniel that, you know what, we, 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 we talked to her as an adult. Everybody makes their own choices. There is nothing else we can do. You have tons of other friends. And just, you know what, play with your other friends. But what, what, was I, what else was I supposed to do, you know? Yeah, totally. It was tough. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And like, I mean, it's tough for you as an adult to process that like pain or sadness uh, and, and to support a kiddo through that. I, I felt very strong feelings about that neighbor of yours. Um, and sadly, that's why I said go Christian neighbors, because, yeah. you know, she would always tell me that she prays for me. Mm hmm. Yeah. And she was religious and she would always have crosses everywhere. And, you know, but I'm thinking God wants us to be good people. Mm -hmm. you keep just, if you keep throwing Jesus every day mm -hmm. and you are actually a bad person, what kind of Christian are you? Yeah. Our actions speak louder than our words. Right? Yeah, totally. Totally. Have you ever experienced like a child that would say something to Nathaniel in public and like the parent I different scenario but I was at a Yankee game with mm -hmm. a six-year-old and I was nannying and it was this and we're there I'm with a six-year-old and he said isn't it wild Alex Rodriguez is his name but he was born in the United States and I was like, oh, this is a really fun place to have that conversation. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, couldn't have brought this up at home. Uh, but like having to then navigate that like uncomfortable feeling as the adult when you're like, okay, now I get to teach you about race and right. differences and whatever. And, uh, and we get to do that right in Yankee Stadium. But have you experienced that where you have had like other kids make comments or say things or have reactions to Nathaniel with their parents around? Mm -hmm. And if so, what's like the dream scenario for how a parent responds? Okay. So yes, we did have all different reactions. There were kids that would be scared of Nathaniel and they would run away and tuck on their parents, you know, shirt and say, I want to go home. Mm -hmm. um, there were kids that would basically stood there and stare, mm -hmm. uh, drop their jaws and just, just kind of just stare for a good few minutes. There were kids that would come up to Nathaniel and say, you look weird. Or they would say, I'm scared of you. And there were kids that actually came up to Nathaniel and say, hi, I'm Johnny. What's your name? So all different reactions, right? But for me and for my husband, when we were out, either movie theater, ice cream store, 
any public place, playground. Every opportunity was a teaching moment. And if a child was scared and we would hear it and I knew where the mom or dad is, I would go up to a parent and say, hi, I see like your child is a little uncomfortable around my son. Do you mind if we have a conversation and I can explain why Nathaniel is different? Most people would say, yes, of course, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. And I would say, that's okay. That's okay. We are humans. You know, we can, we have different reactions. And I would say, hey, Nathaniel was born with Twitter Collins syndrome. And I would explain, and I said, touch your cheekbones. You see, you have those bones. Nathaniel doesn't have those bones. That's why he looks different. And I would explain what the trach is and what the hearing aid is, those are the extra buttons that Nathaniel wore. Um, on his body that actually help him have a normal life like we all do um, but I, I love that I love to take that opportunity at a teaching moment but there were situations and that what would be very upsetting for me like literally it would ruin my day when a situation like that happened and the parent would say well kids are going to be a kid I don't care and just either walk away or totally ignore me or move to another part of the playground and I would have to take Nathaniel out because the kid kept doing whatever the kid was doing that was not okay. But what can you do if you, if an adult tells you, you know what, kids going to be kids, I don't want to talk to you, and still would allow their child to have a bad reaction and be rude to my son, yeah. instead of getting into a fight and argument, I would simply leave. And then we would have a conversation at night with Nathaniel. Say, hey, Nathaniel, that wasn't okay. It's not your fault. And, this, and I said, you know, next time you just ignore a kid like that. And he would. Yeah. I think that's amazing. The Like taking mm -hmm. that as a teaching moment. Not only are you supporting that child, but you're also modeling for the parent how they can handle those things going forward. Because I think right. most of us, the initial reaction is like, I'm embarrassed. And I mm -hmm. don't know what to do with my embarrassment right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then I would tell it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would feel like I have responsibility as a mom of a child that has craniofacial differences because there's so many different differences, not even craniofacial, but different disabilities, physical disabilities that people have. I literally at one point, I felt chosen to be Nathaniel's mom because I felt this responsibility to educate the world right here and in the moment because if it doesn't happen in the moment then it's too late feel like you're the martyr in your family you're not alone hey this is joanne and brie and we're from the no guilt mom podcast brie we talk to a lot of moms yeah we sure do and if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no-guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? 
Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. That made me cry. Also, oh. I'm pregnant, and so I'm just crying at all the oh, things. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just crying at all the things, but also that <laughs> made me cry. Oh. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I was wondering, you talked about, um, so Nathaniel has a sibling, a younger sibling. Yes. And when I think of like wonder, they, the child in wonder has an older sibling and right. I like that resonates to like, oh, it's like, so there's so many challenges financially, logistically, mm-hmm. et cetera, to having mm-hmm. a child who has medical needs right. that the idea of like having another kid when you're in the thick of that is for me is like feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I would like to chat a bit about that, about like your mm-hmm. process and decision making. Not that you have to explain why you had a second kid. That's not what I mean. But like, were right. there from just the logistics aspect, mm-hmm. were there feelings of like, whoa, can I can I take on another human right now? Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, planned our second pregnancy. Yeah, honestly, from the shock of. Nathaniel's birth was so tremendous, had such a tremendous impact on me that um, I knew I wanted to have a second child for two reasons. I wanted to have Nathaniel, honestly, to have someone to play with. Yeah. And to have a guardian angel. Hmm. And I didn't want to wait too long. I wanted to make sure that they can be close enough so they can spend some time in the same school. Yeah. I would not say it was selfish reasons. That's that other reason why. Um, When Nathaniel was born, the doctor said that if he decides to have a child, he will have a 50-50% chance to have a child with Twitter Cohen because that's in his genes now. If if they find a way to, to, to have, you know, this, to prevent this from happening, in the future, we were not there yet at his birth. So from selfish reasons, I would love to have a grandkids too. Don't we all? I mean, most of us, right? As a, as a parents. Totally. And then also it's a huge responsibility would be for Nathaniel to take care of me and my husband when we get older, because I feel like deep down as a parent, that's what we hope for when we have kids, right? So to, to have someone who can call us and take care of us too. Yeah. As we age. So I wanted to have another child. So we planned the pregnancy with geneticists. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yes. And I had a pretty healthy pregnancy. And unfortunately, we had tons of tests. And all of those tests did not show any signs that my second child can have the same condition. So um, I had to wait 
people later in pregnancy to just to have the 4D ultrasound pictures, just to see if that phase will be different. But at that point, you know, obviously I would not terminate my pregnancy uh, or anything like that. But also when you have a second child with retrocolins, that second child will have more severe case in mm -hmm. most cases. So I had, you know, tough, tough decisions. I mean, I would yeah. not terminate the pregnancy, but, you know, I would have to prepare myself. What if? But Jacob was born perfectly healthy. And from the moment he was born, he was on the second, you know, it's not I'm saying that in priorities, but he was, Nathaniel was our most yeah. built we were just worried about Nathaniel first and then came Jacob. Yeah. Totally. And he had to adjust and he did. What was that experience like having like, I mean, having a newborn in general mm -hmm. is hard, but like having a newborn or, and being quite like a nurse to Nathaniel mm -hmm. with all the care and like the trach caretaking and all of that. Um, did you have support in that? What did that look like? Well, it was basically just me and my husband. We had a nurse in the beginning when Nathaniel was born um, that would come to the house. We didn't have a great insurance and we just couldn't afford the private nurse. Mm -hmm. so the first couple of weeks when Nathaniel came home, I had someone at night that would kind of monitor Nathaniel. Nathaniel was breathing so I could actually sleep. So I could take, be alert and awake during the day to take care of him. Yeah, but then uh, we had different nurses, and one of those nurses, I found the nurse in my bed snoring, and Nathaniel, you know, needed a suction. So you know, I just didn't trust people. I yeah. just had to do it myself, and then you know, I just I was losing weight, and I was stressed out. I was depressed, and there was no me. It was mm -hmm. Nathaniel that filled my life. It didn't matter if I showered. Mm -hmm. It mattered that Nathaniel actually got to go for a walk today or, you know, he got suctioned on and he ate and he maybe, you know, he had problems with the formula and I tried to figure out what's going on there. And I kind of pity myself too. Yeah. Well, let me tell you for full year. <laughs> but yeah, so honestly, sometimes it takes a village mm -hmm. to raise a child. There is the saying, right? That's our, um, that's our mantra over here. Right? So so my village was the nurses that became my friends at Wendawayu Medical Center. It was Sherry Cohen. It was medical uh, professionals. I even found a little pediatrician in New Jersey. It was two Polish doctors. And if I had a bad day and I need to talk to someone in Polish and cry and pity myself, I literally would just walk over there and sit in their private office and pity myself. And they would tell me something, you know, in Polish that would make me feel better. And I would go home. <laughs> nice I to have that better. space. So it's so important to have the support. Yeah. That's your family, you find friends, you find other moms that have a child like yours that you can connect with mm -hmm. and share ideas, share your tears too. I mean, yeah. all of the emotions. It's super important. How did you navigate the sibling relationship between Nathaniel and Jacob? Again, if anybody's seen Wonder, like clearly there's mm -hmm. both uh, there's both the like 
oh, the child who has the more challenging aspects in life takes up a lot of energy and a lot of space and a lot of the parents' attention, but also that like protectiveness in the sibling that we see in the movie or you can read in the book. Um, What did that look like between Nathaniel and Jacob? Jacob always, he was, he's two and a half years younger than Nathaniel. And when when there was an incident on the playground, Jacob would uh, do something called, we called stair stopper. He would bark at someone and then say like, and would literally physically go in front of Nathaniel and try to use his tiny little body to physically protect his brother. Or he would say, don't stare at my brother. And, And Nathaniel would just be say, hi to everyone but he was kind of friendly just would always I told him be kind don't take it personally just say hello if someone want if you if they see that you want to play most kids will play with you so for the first 12 years of Jacob's life Jacob was second because Nathaniel had you know so many surgeries we tried to have Jacob spent some time with his cousin or with his grandparents when Natalia had surgeries because we didn't drag him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so we tried to give Jacob normalcy um, as much as he possibly could. But now, interesting what happened is Jacob needs me more mm. because he's going through puberty and now he he's sad. He was diagnosed with depression and anxieties and he sees a specialist on regular yeah. basis because he does have a PTSD from his childhood, right. you know? And unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I tried for Jacob to have fun and have a great childhood as well. But the fact that I had to be there for Nathaniel more than I had to be there for Jacob to support Nathaniel, I mean, nothing's going to change that. And now he needs me. So now when Jacob goes to bed, I literally lay with him and I record the rain br- brain rubbing and I pet him, pet his head. <laughs> well, it's so nice. <laughs> and we talk <laughs> because he needs that now. Yeah. So I am here for him. You said there's nothing you said there's nothing you could do. And I just want you to give yourself grace because you were doing it. He has access to support and and help now when he needs it. You are doing it. Thank you. Thank you. But let me tell you, it's uh, when we talk about mental health, the access to this mental health is not so easy. Oh, we had to call so many, so many places because everybody's booked. And and just to find someone that Jacob could talk to wasn't easy. It's so I can only imagine for other people too, because I feel like the puberty part, I mean, it hits every kid, but it hits everybody in different ways. Nathaniel didn't face Nathaniel. He's fine. But Jacob's so sensitive and he cried every day. Mm-hmm. So it's also important when you have children and they are, um, you know, entering the um, adolescence and if you see any signs of sadness or or crying for attention, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something to we all as parents should really look look yeah. to. 
Well, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious, you know, my work is in emotional development and emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. I am curious about there was there's so much attention for Nathaniel on the emotional part of like, don't take it personally. And this is what's going on for them. And he was emotion coached his whole life because he had to be because of the differences. Like that was uh, an avenue you had to kind of input there. And I think with typically developing kids or kids who um, are presenting as typical, I think oftentimes we think that they they're okay until we see that they're not. And, and then we pop in with the emotional development support and help them build that toolbox. Um, but I feel like maybe maybe puberty didn't affect Nathaniel in the same way because he had a toolbox to pull from that he had That's to That's a great way to look at it, you know, Alyssa, seriously, I, I haven't thought about it that way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and now, how's their relationship? Has there been any, like... Uh, is it still like Jacob really working to protect Nathaniel or has that changed as they've gotten older? Actually, Nathaniel doesn't really need protection. Yeah. Jacob, Jacob would just, when they were at the same school, um, two years ago, it was a middle school just for a year. They were at the same, the same middle school. I would remember that Jacob would tell me, mom, Nathaniel is embarrassing me. During Halloween, for example, he was in eighth grade, Jacob was in sixth grade, and they had like a Halloween parade. And Nathaniel would literally rock Vegeta costume and act like a Vegeta, go up on stage and people would clap for him. And Jacob would stand in the back being so embarrassed that Nathaniel doesn't have a shame. He's eighth grader (laughs) and you're on the stage with little kids. But it didn't, it didn't yeah. care. It was he loved it. So that's awesome, right? So plus, it's a personality. So Jacob is on the outset, he is an outgoing kid. But let's say there is a choir concert. Jacob would hide in the back and just literally like move his mouth, don't really sing or anything. And Nathaniel would stand in front and 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 scream and sing and wanted to be seen. Yeah, right. Well, he's been seen his whole life. Right, gets to take ownership of being. <laughs> right, yeah, that's that's powerful. All right, well, I I feel like I'm just going to keep crying the more we talk. So, um, <laughs> when if parents are like go uh, tuning in or teachers are tuning in, what message do you want to leave them with? What do you hope that they know about guiding their children in interacting with kids with differences? You know. Uh... What I always, my goal by raising Nathaniel was to make sure that Nathaniel's differences don't defy him as a person. I always kind of told him that you are who you are, you are Nathaniel, that happened to have three true callings. And so when someone has a child that is different, Make sure that the child knows who he or her is. This is so important because if you believe in yourself, you as a person, other people will see you as you are. If you try to hide yourself in a shell, other people will see you hiding. 
you know so as a parents we have such a huge responsibility to make sure that our kids are ready for the world because mm -hmm. yeah. this world you know can be cruel sometimes but mostly you know you should see the bright side of that world you should see the kindness that's right. all around us. embrace your differences that's what makes you unique that's what makes you special and maybe soon people will think that your differences are normal i love it i love that so much where can people find the book connect with you etc okay so the books are available on amazon and in every local bookstores they are available available on hope Rifflin, um hardcore website as well and so Nathaniel doesn't really have a social media account. We just made him a um, little like an Instagram account called Nathaniel A. Newman. And he just posts some pictures of his puppies because he loves his dogs. And then if we have any public appearances for book signings in local libraries or, or in bookstores or at schools, uh, people could find information there as well. Awesome. Um, yeah. Great. And the title of the book is? So there is one, they're both titled Normal, but there is two, two different books. One is for younger reader, mostly um, middle school kids. It's um, narrated from Nathaniel's point of view, and it does a cool, um, have cool um, pictures. We have a cartoonist. And each chapter starts with, with a picture. And so it's from Nathaniel's uh, point of view. And there's one called Normal, a mother and her beautiful son. And it's for parents. Yeah, fantastic. I love that there's one for kiddos too. I think it's phenomenal. And it's the kid's book, it's Normal, uh, One Kid's Extraordinary Journey. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks for sharing your oh. story and your time and your energy with us. You're incredible. Oh, Alyssa, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on, on your show and talking and best of luck with your pregnancy. Thank you. Do you, are you, do you know what you're having? Are you sharing that with your baby? We are not finding out. Awesome. Great. Yeah. It's a wonderful surprise. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alyssa. You take care. You too. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 